Hare Krishna. So on behalf of all the wonderful devotees of ISKCON Brampton, I would like to welcome each one of you and uh, uh, all the newcomers to ISKCON Brampton today. So we will start today's class as we do every other class as well by singing Jaya, Raja, Ra Jaya Radha Madhava. And this is a bhajan that is penned down by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Bhaktivinoda Thakur is is Divine Grace AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada's Guru's father. So that is Bhakti. So we will uh, chant the Jaya Radha Madhava uh, bhajan. It's only four line bhajan that we all know. But uh, you will hear the key words of Radha and Krishna and uh, Yasoda and Yamuna. So it uh, keeps us in this meditative mode. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihare Jaya Gopi Janavalla Bhagiri Sodanandana Prajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tira Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So Srimad Bhagavatam begins with this Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya and this is the mantra that was given by Narada Muni to Dhruva Maharaj and also the same mantra is there in Narayana Kavacha as well. So it's a very potent mantra, very short mantra, much shorter than Hare Krishna Maha Mantra that we can all chant and uh, benefit from that. Of course we do chant Hare Krishna Maha Mantra but these are mantras that we can chant at uh, all other times without uh, the need of memorizing those because very short mantra. So Hare Krishna. So uh, today um, we will uh, read a verse from Srimad 
Bhagavatam. We'll take uh, this verse from the 12th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam and from the 13th chapter. And by the way, Srimad Bhagavatam has got 12 cantos and the 12th canto has got only 13 chapters, just like the 10th canto, which describes everything that we need to know about Lord Krishna contains 90 chapters, biggest um, uh, canto in the whole of Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th canto, which almost contains about 30% of the entire Srimad Bhagavatam. This 12th canto is a very reasonably short canto and uh, there are uh, 13 chapters. Want me to speak a little loudly? Hare Krishna. Is it uh, louder? No? I can speak louder. Okay, so there are 13 chapters in this 12th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, which is again, as we heard, this is the last chapter in the 12th canto. There are fascinating verses and uh, one of the verses that you would have heard again and again if you've been listening to Srila Prabhupada's lecture is this particular verse or part of this verse and we will read this verse today. So only there are eight more verses after this verse. So this is towards the end of Srimad Bhagavatam. As you know, Srimad Bhagavatam was spoken in seven days, seven nights. So you can say that this verse was almost spoken towards the end of seven days of Sukhdev Goswami's instructions to Maharaj Parikshit. So we'll read that verse and uh, we'll read the translation as well. Nimnaganam yata ganga devanam ajjito yata Vaishnavanam yata sambo purananam idam tata Nimnaganam yata ganga devanam ajjito yata Vaishnavanam yata sambo purananam idam tata So the translation is just as the Ganga is the greatest of all rivers Lord Achyuta, the supreme among deities, and Lord Shambhu, Shiva, the greatest of Vaishnavas. So, Srimad Bhagavatam is the greatest of all Puranas. So, all of us would have heard at some time Srila Prabhupada's lectures, and uh, this is one of the lines that is quoted very often Vaishnavanam Eta Sambhu. So, here there's no purport for this wonderful verse. But um, it's very obvious that uh, Lord, uh, just as Ganga is the greatest of rivers, Lord Achyuta or Lord Krishna is the supreme or the greatest and Lord Shambhu Siva is the greatest of all Vaishnavas and Srimad Bhagavatam is the greatest of all Puranas. Now it's Srimad Bhagavatam is the greatest of all Puranas because it describes about Lord Krishna as we just heard 10th canto is full of descriptions of the appearance of Lord Krishna and all his pastimes, but all other cantos also describe about the glorious appearance and pastimes of other incarnations of the Lord, all the Leela avatars of the Lord, Veda Muttarete, Jagativate, Buloka Mutpimprate, Deityam Dharete, Balim Chalayate, Chatrashem Purvate, Paulatyam Jayate, Halam Kalayate, Harunyam Matanvate, Mlechan Murchayate, Dasakriti Kute. So all the ten avatars, Leela Purush. Leela avatars of the Lord are wonderfully described in various cantos of Srimad Bhagavatam. So, Lord Krishna is the greatest. Therefore, this wonderful Purana that describes about the glorious activities and pastimes of the Lord is also the greatest. So, Srimad Bhagavatam is not different from Lord Krishna. As we see, that's the, that's the connection between 
Lord Krishna and Srimad Bhagavatam because Srimad Bhagavatam is non-different from Lord Krishna. And uh, the other two components that are mentioned here are Ganga and Lord Shiva. So it says uh, amongst the rivers, Ganges is the best and um, amongst uh, the devotees or you can say Vaishnavana, Yathasambhu, the greatest of all Vaishnavas is Lord Shiva. So we will hear a fascinating pastimes, a pastime from Srimad Bhagavatam that actually connects all these components. Okay, we'll read, uh, uh, we'll hear the wonderful pastime from Srimad Bhagavatam, which is not different from Lord Krishna, which is the greatest, as well as we'll hear about the greatest Vaishnava, Lord Shiva, as well as this pastime concerning uh, Ganga and Lord Shiva as well. So many of you would have uh, taken part in Shivaratri celebration, which was a few days ago. Was there a program on the same day here? But many of you would have, uh, you know, recognized the importance of Lord Shiva, and uh, you know, taking part in Shivaratri is 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 nothing new. Because do we know if Lord Krishna took part in Shivaratri celebration? Of course he did. 10.34. Lord Krishna, when he was young, Nanda Maharaj and all the other coward men took Lord Krishna and others as well to Ambikavana. So it is there, this fascinating pastime in Ambikavana where there is a there is a snake that came to actually swallow Nanda Maharaj. Remember that pastime? So that pastime happened in Ambikavana where it is said in Srimad Bhagavatam 10.34 that Nanda Maharaj and all the other wonderful devotees, including Lord Krishna, they all went to Ambikavana to celebrate Shivaratri. So that's what had happened a few days ago. Most of uh, you would have celebrated Shivaratri in a different, uh, in many different ways. So that's the glory of Lord Shiva and the connection of Lord Shiva with Ganga and Lord Krishna and Srimad Bhagavatam, which we'll hear today. But when we think in terms of uh, the material standpoint, uh, anybody's been here to Gangotri, the origin of Ganges, Gomuk actually. So last year, uh, some of us went to Gangotri. It's an unbelievable place if you are able to make it. It's, uh, it's not easy to go there, just as it is not very easy to go to Muktinath. So again, some of us were very fortunate to go to Muktinath. Muktinath is in anybody? Nepal, yeah, so you go to Nepal, but it's not like we drop, you know, get off the flight in Kathmandu and that's where Muktinath is. So it's an excruciatingly difficult journey from, from Nepal. You have to go to, um, uh, ultimately to Jamsham, that's a place, and then to Muktinath. So it's about 14,000 uh, uh, feet high. So from material standpoint, Ganga or Ganges flows a distance of 2,525 kilometers and it originates in the state of Uttarakhand in India. And then it flows, in the eastern part it originates of Himalayas, flows down south through the northern part of India and then, um, you know, all the water goes to Bay of Bengal. So that is from material standpoint, it's 2,525 kilometers long. And uh, also, fascinating thing happened in the year 2017, where a court in northern India gave the status of a living human being to Ganga and Yamuna. What does that mean? Status of living human being to a river. Have you heard that before? So what does that mean? It means that if anybody is polluting the river knowingly and if they are caught, it is a punishable act. Just like we harm a human being that's harming a river and it's punishable under law. 
So, but India is not the first uh, country, by the way, to give this living human status to a so-called non-living entity from non from non-devotee uh, perspective. What is this? You're giving a human status to a river. Actually, the first river that was given this living human uh, entity status was in anybody? New Zealand. There is one river there, Wangawai River. So that river was given this human personification status even before it was given to Ganga and Yamuna. And for devotees, this is not something difficult to understand because if you remember the Aristasura pastime where Lord Krishna killed the bull demon, there was a male cow, and Srimati Radharani said, uh, Srimati Radharani said, Oh, now you, you have to take bath in all the wonderful rivers of the whole universe. So you have to go. So Krishna said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to get everybody to come here and then including Devakulya. Devakulya is the personality of river Ganges. So it's a person who's representing this Ganges. So she came and then she poured her water there and so was all the rivers coming there and offering. So from material standpoint, from worldly standpoint, the status of living human being was given to Ganga and Yamuna in the year 2017 and it still exists. So for those of us who are trying to thinking of polluting the river, watch out. <laughs> it's punishable under law now. Okay? Um, so that is from world uh, point of view. Um, now we said that there is a nice connection in this because this this wonderful verse connects Ganga with um, you know Lord Krishna with Srimad Bhagavatam and Lord Shiva. So what's the connection between Lord Krishna and Ganga? Anybody remembers? So Lord Krishna is not different from Ganga. Everybody follows that. How do we know that? So again, we go by the scriptures. How do we know God, Lord, Lord Krishna is not different from Ganges or Ganges is not different from Lord Krishna? So we go to Bhagavad Gita. It's all there in Bhagavad Gita, right? So we go to 10.31. In that verse, it is said, Shrotasam Asmi Janavi. Amongst the flowing rivers, I am Ganges. Okay, he said that once. Did he say that again? Yes, he did. 11.16, if you remember, Many of what he's saying in Bhagavad Gita, especially I am so and so, I am so and so, I am so and so to Arjuna, is repeating in 11.16, the 16th chapter of the 11th canto, is repeating that to Uddhava. So this Uddhava Gita has many similarities, even though it's much longer because it's got 1023 verses compared to 700 verses of Bhagavad Gita. So here it is said in Srimad Bhagavatam, it is said, Tirtanam Shrotasam Asmi or Ganga. So both the meaning is the same. Lord Krishna saying I am non-different or Ganges is non-different from me. So that's the connection between Lord Krishna and Ganga. Everybody follows? Again, we are just trying to um, you know, go through this particular verse and understand it more. Now what's the similarity between Lord Krishna and Lord Shiva? We know in Brahma Samhita how it is explained, you know, like a yogurt versus milk, etc. But in Bhagavad Gita, what does Lord Krishna say? 10.23 Rudranam Shankaras Chasmi. So amongst the Rudras, I am Lord Shiva. This is explained by Lord Krishna. 10.23. You can you can read that verse. And also in this 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, again in the 16th chapter, verse 13, Lord Krishna is explaining to Uddhava, Rudranam Nila Lohita. Again, amongst the Rudras, I am Lord Shiva. So in one way, um, you know, we can go through the 
similarities and dissimilarities, but Krishna is explaining that in a way uh, he's not different from Lord uh, Shiva, not once but he's saying twice, not once but he's saying twice about uh, Ganges being non-different to Lord Krishna. Everybody follow so far? So we'll set the stage before we hear this wonderful pastime. And, and also for those of you who are serving the uh, devotees here or you do deity worship at home, Water is a significant part of deity worship, right? So when we get the water to do various, uh, you know, offerings to the Lord, you know, we do 16 upacharas, right? Asaram samarpayami, argyam samarpayami, all that. For that you need water. So it's just tap water, but you want the best of waters. What is the prayer that we chant? So all the holy waters, including Ganga, Gangaicha, Yamanaicheva, Godavari, Sarasudhi, Narmada, Sindhu, Kaveri. Please come here, right? Because we want to offer that to God. But one of the most significant verses in Srimad Bhagavatam that gives us the analogy of the way that Ganges flows. So that's why I asked how many of you have been to Gangotri, because even though Ganga doesn't fall down where we see, at least in the Gomuk area or even uh, in, in, in Gangotri area. But the force at which is it flows horizontally. There's no way that anybody can take bath. One is it's too cold. And the other thing is, you just step into the water. In, in 10 seconds, you're at least a mile away from where you are. That's the speed of this horizontal flow of this Ganges. It's extremely powerful. So. In this, in, in this regard, it's, it's difficult and we have some good news. So we have the actual Gangotri water that uh, you know, we, will, we will get an opportunity to get that sprinkled in all of our heads. So there's uh, so pure, there's nobody washing their clothes in that area. There's, nobody can go beyond that area. So it's the purest of all pure waters. So, the, so Ganges is so pure and it's extolled, you can see, in, in our scriptures as well. So it is said in the first canto and third canto that one is freed from all sinful reactions if he is able to contact Ganges. So if you are able to get the water sprinkled in the head, our sinful reactions are removed. And it is also said if you are able to get in touch with or if you are able to touch or take bath or get the water sprinkled of Ganges, it is said it's equal, this is from the fifth canto, it's equivalent to doing Aswamedha and Rajasuya again. So you'll hear more about that in the next few minutes. In this day and age, it's not possible to do that type of uh, Yajna. So, you know, some of us, you know, we do Yajna here, we did the Yajna yesterday, we did one Avahanti Homa, there are many, many Homas which are much easier to do. But it's not possible to do in this age uh, something like a Aswamedha, where a horse has to go from one country to another country, and um, all the kings have to accept that this person is the ruler. And if that horse is lost or if the horse is dead, then the Aswamedha gets nullified. You have to start all over again. So in this day, it's not possible. Just imagine, you know, just speaking of Prime Minister Narendra Modi, he wants to do Aswamedha. The horse is first sent to the neighboring country. What happens? <laughs> no, we don't accept you as the ruler, right? So that's the end of the Aswamedha Yajna. But in those days, the horse goes and all the kings accept that so-and-so um, is the ruler of the entire world. And eventually, after the Aswamedha Yajna is done, that person goes back home, back to Godhead. And uh, where was Srimad Bhagavatam spoken? We, we took this verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. Where was Srimad Bhagavatam spoken? 
in the banks of Ganges. So who is speaking to whom initially? Sukhdev Goswami is speaking to Maharaj Parikshit in the banks of Ganges. The fascinating thing we read from the third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Now, all of you came to Iskon Brampton today by different means, right? Most of you came in car. Yes? Yes. And then some of you would have walked and some of you would have taken a bus or a train, etc. And sometimes when we go to a different country, we take an aeroplane. Tomorrow I'm going to a work related, I'm going out of the country. Now I take an aeroplane. It's fascinating in the in the in Srimad Bhagavatam we read. This is the third canto. The great sages from the higher planetary system, they travel through Ganges. When the Ganges come down instantaneously, they come from the higher planetary system to, to the lower planetary system, wherever they wish to go, they come through Ganges. Not, in a, not a regular aeroplane or celestial aeroplane, they come through Ganges sages. We know, you know, devatas travel through these uh, wonderful aeroplanes, but sages travel through Ganges. And also we read how in Ajamal's pastime, right? So we all know Ajamal's pastime in the sixth canto. And after he got the second chance, so what did he do? Where did he perform his devotional service? Starts with H. Haridwar. Haridwar is in the shores of Ganges. In the eighth canto, we read how the journey of the ocean of milk took place, right? Devatas in one side and Asuras in another side. And uh, Goddess of Fortune appeared from that in this past time. Goddess of Fortune appeared. After she appeared, she was bathed with the water of Ganges. Again, so throughout Srimad Parvatam, Ganges is glorified, right? The most famous past time in the 10th canto, Govardhan Leela. After the Govardhan Leela, Indra decided to pacify the Lord. What did he do? So, one is uh, milk from the Surabi cow and the water that was held, Ganges water that was held by Airavata the elephant. Again, Ganges water, right? And Nityananda Prabhu, so let's go to another uh, scripture which is Chaitanya Bhagavad there. Nityananda Prabhu is saying to Jagai and Madai, for you to offset your offenses, the only way is to serve Ganges and to take bath in Ganges or sprinkle the water of Ganges. Again, Ganges is glorified, Ganga is glorified. And where did Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appear? In the banks of Ganges, for those of you who have been to Mayapur, right? But how did he appear? Advaita Acharya worshipped the Lord by offering Tulasi and Ganges. So you can see any scripture that you go, significant things have happened because of Ganges. Who's Pundarik Vidyanadi? Pundarik Vidyanadi is. Anybody remembers who's Pundarik Vidyanadi? We have great pastimes where actually he got slapped by Jagannath. Remember that pastime? You know, for having starched food, uh, clothes, he got slapped. But he is the incarnation of Rishabhano in the Gauralila. So he will never, we read from Chaitanya Charitamrita, he will never put his feet or foot in Ganges. And he doesn't want to go to Ganges, Ganga in the daytime because he, his heart breaks when people, he sees people brushing their teeth, washing their clothes in this holy river. So he doesn't go during the day. At 12 o'clock in the night he goes there because nobody is there. He can't stand to see them. And similarly in uh, Sri Sampradaya, Ramanuja Sampradaya, which is also the worshippers of Lord Krishna and Vishnu, they never put their feet in Ganges. So they go slowly touch the water and sprinkle in their head. So these are glories of Ganges. So, as we promised, the fascinating pastime of 
uh, from Srimad Bhagavatam that connects all this together is Canto 9, Chapter 8. Okay, so this is something that is purifying. Anytime we hear about you know the devotees of the Lord, especially Ganges or Lord Shiva, uh, from Srimad Bhagavatam, it purifies all of us. So here, anybody's uh, read this pastime 9.8? So most, some of you would have read, but again, it's a, it's a glorious pastime. It's not very long. It's very easy to understand. But there'll be some names that are important. So is that okay if we names, name some names in these pastimes? Is that okay? What do we mean by naming the names? There is a king. We don't say there is a king. There is a king by the name of Babuka. And uh, he had, uh, he had uh, eventually had a son. His name is Sagara. And then Sagara had two wives, Sumati and Keshini. Keshini had a son. We'll be naming some names. And why is that? Because there is a reason why these great personalities are named in Srimad Bhagavatam. As much as possible, when we hear that names, we get their blessings. Okay? There is a significant meaning in most of these names as well. If you read the pastime where Lord Krishna is actually retrieving the six sons of Devaki. You remember the six sons of Devaki who were killed by Kamsa as they were born, right? So later on in the 85th chapter of the 10th canto, Mother Devaki saying, you already brought Sandipani Muni, your guru's son. So why don't you bring the six sons of my six sons who are dead? So Krishna and Balaram go to Sutala planet. Okay, Sutra planet is there, Atala Vitra, Sutra, Talatala, Mahatala, Rasatala, Patala. So they go there and uh, what does Krishna do? Krishna says, I want to take these six sons of Devaki, which is his elder brothers who represent lust, anger, greed, envy, pride and illusion. I want to take them with me. He doesn't say I want to take them. I want to take these six sons back with me. He names them. We know the name is Kirtiman, but he names them as their names were Marichi's sons. Everybody follows this pastime? Is it too complicated? Okay. So he gives the names of these six sons and he says, so that wrong person is not delivered, right? So he, he says, these are the six sons I want. They are originally Marichi's sons. They became Kalanimi sons because of the curse. Then they became Deviki's sons. They were killed by Kamsa. I want to take them. So that is the reason why sometimes, you know, we got to refer some names because if it is important to Lord Krishna when he is referring to the son's name by names, it's important that we hear these names, okay? So in the end, we will just ask some quiz if you remember the names, okay? Now we know it's important to know the names. So here, there was a great king by the name of Bahuka. So this is from the 9.8, Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 9, Chapter 8. Very beautiful passage. So this king was there. He was ruling the country very well. And of course, when the king is ruling very well, there is always going to be enemies at some point. So the enemies came, overpowered him and uh, took all his wealth. And uh, in due course of time, the king died because of old age. And the king had a few wives. In those days, uh, we hear that you know they had a few wives. So this king had a few wives and one of the wives was actually pregnant with a baby. She was carrying her womb in her, a baby in the womb. And uh, at that time, she wanted to self-emulate herself, which is a typical process those days. So she said, oh, my husband is, die, uh, is dead. I want to die too. I want to self-emulation. So then there was a great Rishi, his name is Aurva Rishi. So he said, no, 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 you cannot do that because you dying is one thing, following the process, but you cannot let that little baby die. He has to be born. So he forbade her from uh, uh, committing the self-immolation and she followed. And in, 
and as the baby was due to be born the other co-wives of this bahuka other co-wives other you know other wives of this lady who was pregnant they were all envious and jealous because if this baby is born he will become the next king and they will lose their importance they had something else in their mind so what did they do they decided to poison this other lady who was pregnant it was the worst thing that you can ever do so they wanted to kill this baby in the womb so they poisoned this lady with deadly poison and rake krishna mare mare krishna rake krishna wants to protect anybody who can kill if krishna wants to take away somebody who can protect that person this person is in this baby in the womb in spite of this deadly poison both the mother and the baby survived now and hence his name was sagara sagara means not sagara that is like ocean or uh, see sagara means one who was born with poison so the baby was eventually uh, born very healthy do you remember any other past time where the child was poisoned any other past time everybody sixth canto sixth canto who was that kritadyutis kritadyutis and chitraketu they had a son by the name of harsha shoka after he was born the other co-wife poisoned the child and the child died so here the child did not die so that was the beauty of this so the mother and the child survived and the child was so healthy and eventually he became the emperor following in the footsteps of his father bahuka so we want to remember some names okay so bahuka's son who was supposed to be dead was not dead and he, his name was sagara or sagara sagara so he was born and then he eventually married you know uh, two wives and the first wife's name is sumati and through sumati it is said that he had 60000 children you know like we will talk about that little later how it is fascinating so 60000 children were born to first wife sumati and uh, he married a second wife and his second wife's name is keshini and then they had one son from keshini and his name was asamanjasa okay so he remember the family history now so bahuka's son who did not die is sagara sagara married two wives one is sumati who had 60000 son and then keshini who had one son asamanjasa this asamanjasa is said that he is a jati smara jati smara means he can remember past lives so he remember that he was a great mystic but by bad association he fell down therefore in this life he decided i'm not going to be implicated in this material network so let me pretend to be a real bad guy so they chase me out of the kingdom if i if i'm chased then i don't become a king so i will not be implicated in this material entanglement so what did he do he was taking all the young children and throwing him in the river and killing them so they said okay now you're banned from the kingdom go so that's what he wanted you go even when he went what did he do he brought all the children back to life so that was his greatness and then they said oh no no please don't go don't go we thought you were uh, you know you're doing this willfully but you're such a great miss please come back he said no he's not so that's the family so far of sagara sagara decided to do aswamedha yagya we talked about aswamedha yagya how difficult it is so he decided to do a aswamedha yagya and in this aswamedha yagya there is this horse and then uh, this horse is going around and then one by one so all the kings in the neighboring countries are saying yes we agree sagara is the emperor of the world one by one mystically the horse goes missing who is the famous horse stealer 
Indra, Hari <laughs> Indra loves to steal horses. How do we know? The fourth canto, when Prithu Maharaj was doing Aswamedega, he wanted to do the universal record of 100 Aswamedega. You know, 100 centuries, we say, right? Sachin Tendulkar. So he wanted to do 100 Aswamedega, and then similarly, the horse was stolen by Indra. So here he steals the horse from this uh, potential Aswamedega that Sagara is doing. And what does he do? He's a very smart man, smart great personality. What does he do? Yeah, he put it in Kapila Muni's ashram. Kapila Muni is in a, in a way, is Lord Krishna, right? So he's meditating. He quietly takes the stolen horse and puts near him and he takes off. So it's like somebody stealing Prabhu's purse and putting it in your pocket, right? And then when everybody comes, oh, he's got the purse, right? <laughs> so they take this horse and quietly he takes it, the horse and leaves it in Kapila Muni's ashram and he goes away. His job is done because this Aswamadegya has stopped. Okay? So what happens is the 60,000 sons of Sagara uh, uh, King, King Sagara, they go in search of the horse. They finally find this horse. They find this horse grazing and they see this person meditating. What did they do? They judge the book by the cover. Okay, proximity. This person is pretending to be a great personality and meditating as though he doesn't know, closing the eyes, but he's the one who stole the horse and he's kept it here. So they go try to kill him. When they try to kill him, what does Kapila Muni do? He just looks at them and all of them are burned to ashes. Do you remember any other pastime where somebody looks and another person is burned to ashes? Starts with M. Muchukunda, very good. So 10.50, uh, 51 here. So Muchukunda was in the cave and he looked at Kalyavana because he had the blessing that he wants to sleep because for several hundred years he was fighting for the demigod. So anyway, Muchukunda saw Kalyavana and he was burnt to ashes. Here all the 60,000 sons of Sagara are burnt to ashes. And then Aswamedha again needs to continue. But then uh, Sagara Muni is looking at the second wife's son and he's not there because he took off. His name is? Asamanjasa he took off, but Asamanjasa had a son and his name was Amshuman. So Amshuman, what does he do? He goes the same path where his uncles went because uncles, his uncles were the 60,000 uh, people uh, or, or the persons who were burnt to ashes. He goes the same, go through the same path. Everybody follows the names and the sequence so far. Okay. So just stay with, stay with us for another 10 minutes. Okay, It's all good. We'll recap it. Because this is how we we understand the pastime better. Otherwise, it will go from here and out, right? So these are purifying pastimes. So the second wife's son is already gone, and his son, which is the grandson of Sagara, he goes in the same path and he goes to Kapiramani's ashram. He sees a big pile of ashes. That is the ash of the 60,000 uncles, and he sees, still sees the nice, beautiful horse having grass there. So what is the difference, the big difference in their family, you know, same family. He falls in the feet of um, Kapilamuni and offers wonderful prayers. And he also says, my dear Lord, my, my uncles did not know who you are. But please, we cannot blame them because great personality like Lord Brahma himself cannot know you, who you are. How can my uncles who are little sinful know you? Please forgive them. And uh, is there a way that I can deliver them? So at that time, Kapilamuni says, the only way you can deliver them is when Ganges come to earth, comes to earth. At that time, there was no Ganges before this pastor. And he also says, can I take the horse with me because my grandfather has to complete the Aswamedega. He says, oh, okay, here's the horse. He doesn't know. I mean, God knows everything, but he, it's not that he brought it. So the horse is taken by Amshuman, gives it to the grandfather, Saharam, 
Sahara Maharaj. He completes the Aswamedha Yajna. He goes back home, back to God. See what he did? Amshuman was able to please the Lord in the form of Kapilamuni and he was able to get his grandfather Sagara Maharaj delivered as well. Then he knew that the only way he can deliver the 60,000 uncles is if he brings, if he is able to bring Ganges to earth. He performs severe austerities, he could not and he eventually dies. And his son, Prabhu knows all the names, his son is Dilipa, before Bahirat. Dilipa comes. It's like baton, you know, passing the baton, 4 by 100 meter relay. He gives, runs and gives it to him, he takes, gives it to him like that. So the family is actually, we are all indebted to all these names that we are hearing. Because of all of them, we have Ganges. So Dilipa tried his level best, but eventually he dies, he could not get Ganges. Finally, Dilipa's son is Bahirat. That name should ring a bell to everybody, right? So Bahirat comes, performs severe austerity, worships Mother Ganga, and Mother Ganga appears. I'm so pleased with you. Please tell me what you want. And at that time, he says, Mother, Mother Ganges, we want Goddess Ganges, we want you to come so that my sixty thousand uncles can be delivered. Not uncles. I don't know whether you call uncle or great 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 uncle, right? So that they can be delivered, and also others can be delivered. She said, uh, Mother Ganges said, I can't come, but there are two problems. One is when I come, all the sinful personalities will just put their finger or head or take bath and all their sins immediately vanishes. Then what happens? My river will have full of sins. I don't want that. The second problem is, but even before that is, the force is so much that when it falls, it will tear through earth. Atala, Vindra, Sutala, Talatala, Mahatala, Rasatala, it go up to Rasatala, tearing everything down. And we read from the fifth canto, 70,000 yojanas before earth, Atala starts, okay? Which you do the math, 8 miles per yojana, converted to kilometers, almost 1 million kilometers below earth, Atala starts. Add one more, one more million. So you're talking about 6-7 million kilometers down, Ganges is going to tear everything through. Relatively speaking, Niagara Falls is closer to Brampton, Mississauga, right? Relative to where I live in the east. Now, for those of us who have been in the maid of the mist, okay, the world goes so close, you see the force of that. Just imagine the force of Ganges, you know, we know the unknown through the known. Uh, so it looks like uh, Niagara Falls, the force is like a drop of water in our head compared to the, you know, this force of Ganges. So these are the two problems. He says immediately, my dear Lord, there is no problem about sins sticking in your water because when the great sages take bath then the water is neutralized and it becomes so pure then she said yes she's agreeing that that's the solution you know that so ganges is always pure even sinful personalities go take bath because there are great sages and saints who take bath because sati takes bath in ganges we read from Srimad Bhagavatam. great personalities so the second one is only one person can withstand this force of Ganges and that is Lord Shiva because he's Paradukadugi and uh, he's the one who's referred to as Ashutosh, he's easily satisfied. So he worships Lord Shiva and Lord Shiva being, you know, merciful, he comes and he says, okay, I will withstand, withhold this force of Ganges and then after it hits his head, it just gently drops down and that's what flows down and then immediately he took his chariot Bahira took his chariot and he was going so fast before Ganges, first time it's coming and then he took the Ganges straight to where this big pile of ashes of his great ancestor was there and all of them were delivered. So this is a 
this is a great pastime from Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, Canto 9, Chapter 8. Uh, just quick summary in a minute and then we'll see whether there is any question. Okay. So, so just the pastime alone, there was a king by the name of Bahuka, and then his, his enemies overpowered him, took all the wealth away, and then one of his wives was pregnant. The other wives were envious of that uh, pregnant lady and they wanted to poison her. And then, in spite of the poison, the child was born. His name is Sagara. He had two wives one is Sumati, 60,000 children, and then um, Keshini. And his name is Asamanjasa, who was a mystic, but he went away. And his son was Amshuman. And then Amshuman was able to deliver the horse as well as his grandfather by completing this Aswamedha Yagya. But he could not bring the Ganges down. And then his son Dilipa tried. Finally, Bhagirath came. And then Bhagirath was able to satisfy not only Ganga, Mother Ganga, but also Lord Shiva. And then by the mercy of all these great personalities who we named today, Okay. We are all fortunate that we also get this opportunity to get rid of our sins because as I said, I was there and I got this original water. This is not like buying from a store. A store. So this is original. Every drop is priceless. So we will sprinkle it on uh, you know, the devotee's uh, head uh, today so that uh, we have the faith that our sins will be gotten rid of as well. Are there any questions or comments? We have three more minutes. Yes. Why did he steal the horse? So that, so that they get the benefit, they get the blessing from Kapila Muni as well. Because Kapila Muni is the one who is giving this instruction. So that those 60,000 people were also great personalities in one way. Just imagine, just for them, this Ganges actually came. They are the ones who first got delivered. So in a way, to deliver the great personalities, as well as for the 60,000 people to have the darshan of Kapila Muni. That is one of the reasons why he took the horse and put the horse there. And another question that you did not ask, which could be is, Indra does all these abominable things, right? I made a list of all the <laughs> blunders that he did. Hopefully, I don't get punished by Indra. So, it's a big list. If anybody is interested, again, it's nothing new. It's all from different cantos of Srimad Bhagavatam. But just imagine in this case, if he did not steal the horse, would we have Ganges today? We don't. So when you really think about it, you know, it looks like he's doing a lot of blunders, but it's for the benefit of something or to accelerate something. Because there's no Ganges if he didn't steal the horse. Okay. Was it part of the Leela? It is part of the Leela. So Srimad Bhagavatam not only tells us what to do, but tells us what not to do as well. So that is the beauty of Srimad Bhagavatam. Good question. Yes. Hare Krishna. So we got a way to check the bath in Ramke or those uh Kamalisha or Sainful reaction or Hadai demon or life. Sainful we call Sainful go out. So the Kamga in Kali Bangla's name is a um, you know, in that, just because a lot of people have already taken bath before, because great personalities take bath and it is always neutralized, right? So, by the way, Ganges, the name comes 
not at the origin if you really see because you get alakananda bagirathi and all this come together and after a few thousand kilometers it all combines together and then becomes ganges so by the time it comes to haridwar and rishikesh it is called as ganges but because it is white is so pure because it washed the lotus feet the toes of lord vamanadev and it is mixed with the water of kamandalu of lord brahma we know from the eighth canto right so when the layer of the universe was pierced and then brahma ji was washing the feet bathing the feet with this water from the kamandalu so this water that is coming in bangladesh as river padma as well is still the water that washed the feet of lord vishnu it's still the water that is mixed with the kamandalu water of lord brahma and it is a water in which sati took bath and before that it's the water that washed the body of lord shiva that is why it is so pure whether it is earlier or late it is still ganges which is the most purifying thing. one more question hari krishna ஒரிஜினல்யாங்க but it is called as deva kulya so is that your question there is a rishi called janu who actually drank the entire ganges once because it came to his ashram and it just it's in that shrimad bhagavatam so we can find out if anybody's got um, the answer as to why ganga is called as ganges you know the ganga gang is still there but if it's specifically why it is called as maybe somebody can enlighten us oh i see i see okay so if anybody knows uh, anybody knows yes hindu and sindhu it could be because of that i we are just uh, making an assumption here because there is nothing called as hindu right it's in the other side of sindhu that sindhu became hindu because they cannot pronounce that particular first syllable properly it could be because of that but again the most important thing is here the is the divinity of this ganga because krishna calls it as ganga as we said uh, teerthanam shrota ganga right he calls it as ganga so we can call it as ganga if you prefer that name because we know the name why ganga is there rather than ganges yes sorry says that ganges ganges is the hellenic ancient greek version of the word ganga so it's so it's a it's a greek version of ganga so which may not be the most important thing for us you know so we say is ganga but uh, it's it's in a different language so prabhu was almost right so like sin like sindhu and hindu right so this is a greek word ganges but the word gang is there initially yes from one last question shot shiva you say yoga right this 
Uh, it says in Brahma Samhita, not me. Yeah. Yeah, so it is said that Lord Krishna is milk and um, Lord Shiva is yogurt. So milk can become yogurt. Can yogurt become milk? No. So that, that's the differentiation it is given. So you can say milk and yogurt is almost the same, but not the same, like Achintya Veda Veda. So milk can be milk as well as yogurt, but yogurt can only be yogurt. It cannot be changed to milk. So it is in Brahma Samhita. So, during the course of uh, the next few minutes, Prabhu will sprinkle this wonderful uh, water. Again, this is the purest of the pure Gang, Ganga, Ganges, uh, Padma, uh, Janu. That water is here. So, let's make use of every drop and not sprinkle it down. Okay? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.